This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. We're back to football. No more of that round ball stuff. We're going to talk some football. We got spring games coming up. Dave's got a full recap of previews for every single spring game that's out there maybe not that's not going to happen but we were we got a lot of questions this week which is great we asked for questions last week so uh, if you want to send us a question in pack podcast at gmail.com or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678 we got a bunch of other topics we're going to talk about too if you want to tweet us some topics you'd like us to discuss you can do that at pack 12 podcast over on the twitter's the website where you can find all of our episodes, pac12podcast.com. Uh, we maintain that thing at least once a week, right? We do something to minimum. it. Minimum. Minimum uh, once, uh, you said a week? A week. <laughs> yeah. We do stuff. I mean, we put the shows up there. That's about it. Be, maybe at some point we could actually put some Pac-12 content I think minimum up. is a really good word to describe our show, though. We Minimum. Like, for the, the amount of, like, listeners we get and the amount of, like, feedback, it's like... We are definitely putting in the minimum. We do the minimum. And we get, yeah, I think we get a we lot can, out of We can promise you at least the minimum. Yes. Uh, we are We are always, the Mendoza line, you know, we are hovering around the minimum, whatever the Mendoza line is for podcasting. We are right there. Uh, that's where we live. Uh, if you want to do, you want to talk to some other POC listeners, you don't have to involve us. Uh, you can do it over on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast. When was the last time you looked at that? I haven't done that for a while. Have you? You were supposed to do it. You normally would. Uh, or you would sometimes. Yeah, I'm gonna go Is it still it. there? Like, I hope it's I'm, still I'm there. I'm checking it out right now. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, the last post in there was literally four months ago. Okay. So, need to go over there and post. Uh, but there are 209 members. We got some members on that for us not even looking at it. You used to. You used to post, like, the episode sometime. But somehow that that fell off. Uh, your minimum effort, that was a little above minimum. This so is had, above minimum. You had to drop the, back the Reddit, down. The Reddit was above minimum. <laughs> yeah, you had to drop back I had, down. I had to find my uh, my comfort zone again. Yes. And it, you, you've, uh, you've, you're you've in your groove now with the minimum. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in my trough. <laughs> uh, if you have the Apple Podcasting app, you can follow and rate us over there with a five-star rating. We appreciate that. We got a couple last week. I don't think we got any new ones this week. So get in there. 
we expect maximum effort from our listeners. Mm. Yes. Minimum from us, but maximum from you. That's the uh, grand bargain that we have struck here. <laughs> Even if you have the Spotify app too, you're listening over there, like you got a Google phone or something, you can leave us five star rating there as well. All of that helps to grow the show that we put minimal amount of effort in. Well, okay, we got I got a bunch of topics written down here. David probably doesn't like any of them, but there's some stuff that's been happening in the college. Why, football. why do you always, why do you always naysay yourself right then? You're always denigrating your own work here. You're always My, saying, oh. But Dave's not going to like it. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sad. I put in all this work and Dave's not going to like it. Do I like anything? No. That's true. That is fair. Yeah. You probably like, like a higher percentage Like, what's the list of, of things thing. that I like on this show? <laughs> or in life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, your kids, you're like, uh, you know, every, it depends. Like, probably like 75% of the time, you're not real happy with your kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love my children. Yeah. Um, well, how are you doing? You doing okay? I'm great. I'm great, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little like spring ball. Uh, you forget like the work that kind of goes in. We we don't get as much access, but we still get, we can do a ton of interviews. So it just creates a lot of work after practice. So Ryan, I just went to my third UCLA football practice yeah. um, in, I want to say five years. <laughs> okay. And it was so hot out there. Oh. And I was so tired. And I remembered, like, it's really, look, we don't often complain about our jobs here because, you know, you know, and we know it's really easy. Yeah. Like, we're, we're covering sports. It's a great time. Standing on a hot field sucks, man. It's not good. I don't like it. No, I'm doing an afternoon one today. So that's no good. Yeah. So you did the morning. So at least maybe it was like. And I realize I'm saying standing on a hot field when there's like, you know, dudes like, you know, working really hard on that same right. field in the heat, but like I'm, I'm, I'm hey, they don't get paid. They should be out there working. Yeah, you know? I don't want to stand there. Uh, yeah, like I guess the good thing is that we only get to be out there for like 20 minutes, and then we have to we they make us leave. Nah, UCLA increased our access. It's like, guys, could we like find a comfortable middle? Like, give us an hour. You don't need to give us two. Um, that's a joke. What UCLA <laughs> keep giving us access. <laughs> what about the? Uh, can you talk to the defensive coordinator this century? Yeah, yeah, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we already had an interview with Bill McGovern. Um, yeah, no, they've, uh, they've, uh, they've loosened things up. It's, uh, it's glassnosed. We're, uh, we're full on like, uh, opening things up. Very nice. Pretty soon they're going to open a McDonald's there. I love so, it. A little Soviet Union joke for you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, they closed them down, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not the Soviet Union anymore. That's true too, but yeah. they're kind of acting like, it, so, um, yeah. So the, uh, access at USC, we can get a lot of content from interviewing players and coaches, just not as much as we're watching, but it still just, you know, creates a lot of work. And so it's good. It's like kind of getting back into the, the groove of things. I know not everyone loves spring football and I'm, I guess, known as the spring ball guy. I'm actually going to Palm Springs this weekend. So there are the Arizona ASU and Stanford spring games on Saturday. Probably have to watch the replay. You're um, not going to watch the springs in the springs. No, I'm going to... I like be, how your devotion to uh, spring games is so strong that you're only vacationing in a place that also includes the word spring. That's, <laughs> I love it. Um, it's a like it's like bachelor party weekend thing. So I'll be golfing probably when these spring games are going on, but I will try to watch. Was uh, it a tough call for you to go on the bachelor party when you knew that spring games were happening? I've literally been gone. Remember like our Vegas weekend? Like, yes. I've, every weekend since I've been gone also. like I'm going somewhere every... Like, this is probably a little too much. But remember what I said earlier that we leave, we have very easy jobs. Yes, some of us have easier ones than others. Maybe uh, our our Saturday practices are closed. We can't go, so I can go out of town on Saturdays. I just get a Zoom with Lincoln Riley and get to uh, do that. 
Uh, so yeah, so there will be three Pac-12 spring games uh, this weekend. So cool. Uh, maybe you guys go check them out. I think they're all on Pac-12 Network, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, David, I'm sure since I'm going to be out of town, you need to watch these live because you can. I can watch the replay, but you got you're going to pick up some nuances when it's live. Uh, you know, maybe I'll leave a hot mic on a little too much, and you hear uh, David Shaw say something he shouldn't say. So we need you to watch these live, David. Can you do that for the show? Not a chance. Okay, <laughs> didn't think so. Um, all right, so I put a bunch of notes in here. The first thing uh, is probably almost not a, quite a week ago, but uh, The Athletic did a kind of long, uh, long form on Jimmy Lake. Just sort of like, hey, what went wrong? Talking to sources. I think there was at least one player that went on record uh, in the article. If you guys want to go check it out, the you know, the uh, 35,000 foot version of it was like, yeah, shit was bad. Like it was just, you know. He wasn't very good at his job. Uh, they figured that out. They wanted to move on. Um, Jen Cohen just, you know, they 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 got it right. I mean, they got it wrong, but then they realized they got it wrong. They didn't like double triple down on getting it wrong, and then they moved on from from Jimmy Lake. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of Washington fans read that. Um, there's been some good stuff in the Athletic. If you guys aren't um, subscribers, it, you know, I would recommend it, even though that's a competitor or just a different company than us. Uh, I don't know. You didn't get to check this one out, uh, David. It's just, you know, it was one of those things where it's just like, wow, he did that. He did that. And that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And why would you do that as the head coach? Like that's sort of, but it wasn't like, I didn't feel like, oh my God, this is going to ruin his life sort of thing, or he should never coach again. It just was sort of like, he wasn't very good. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, it was results on the field. Um, and then they were trying to establish a pretext based on like, I don't know, pushing players in the locker room or something. Uh, yeah, that was like the thing. That, that's all. I mean, it was just he was not very good on the field. Yeah, he, he and basically like, derailed the program. And you know, not being, it's just yeah. There, I, whatever reason, sometimes people they get put in these positions where it's like a dream job, right? Like, hey, this is a higher level job than I ever thought I would get. Like, if they you know make you CEO of some company, and then you just like tense up and just start doing stupid shit because you're like so worried about losing your job. And you want to uh, you want to know the the best. Um, the best story I have from my employment history, which is somewhat related to that idea. Okay. So I worked at an SEO firm uh, back in 2011. All right. Um, that was a thing then? Yeah, yeah. And so wow. I, I was hired as an account manager. Okay. So I had like 60 accounts. It was this. That real, means sales, it was, by the way. It, it was this really crappy uh, company. Why did um, they say account manager when it's just a sales guy? But, well, okay. I, yeah, I was like the front man. Say, I wasn't the sales guy. I was the front man for after they had gotten sold on the bullshit from the sales guy. Ah, uh, yes. And then I was the one who was to execute that plan, which was all bullshit to start out with. Right, right. Um, the sales and, guy promises everything, and then you get right, left right. with like, what? oh, wait, we can't do that. But Sorry. as you hear on this show, I can talk a little bit. Yes. Um. So I was there for like two months and it was like this real like collection of mouth breathers who were working there with me. <laughs> and after a little while, this the really smarmy guy who runs the sales department comes over to me and he's like, Hey, I'm taking over the content department too. And I want you to run it. And keep in mind, I am at this time, uh, I'm 25. Okay. I'm, I'm an idiot, like a certifiable, like well, dumbass. I don't think you have to say that no, to no, anyone no. that listens and, to this show. And I've worked in this position for two months and I hate this place. <laughs> So he has so a I great say, read on you. So I say, yes, I'm going to run your content department. And I get over there, and I'm in charge of, like, 25 people. 
like 25 people in this content department for this SEO one company. for every year you've been on this right, earth. right right i've i've never managed a person <laughs> let alone 25 of them and many of them are like much older than me um have actually been doing this and know what they're talking about to the extent that anyone in seo knows what they're talking about which is very minimal um and so i'm sitting there and i'm like literally two weeks in and i'm making more money than i've ever made in my life i'm like i'm gonna quit i'm just gonna do this because i don't feel like i'm up to the job I don't feel like I'm capable of doing this, so wow. I'm going to quit. Jimmy Lake, you should have followed the Dave Woods plan. <laughs> okay. Where would David Woods be if you just stuck it out? Because you can bullshit your way through. The problem is um, I was uh, raised by my mother um, who uh, established in me like a certain a certain level of like work integrity where if I'm not doing the job well, I feel really bad all oh. the time. It just doesn't apply to this podcast. I was going to say, like, I'm looking up at the board, and we have, like, results on this podcast from 2016. <laughs> at no point could you say, like, no. would your mom approve of no, the job I, that's I, being I, done? I, I, would feel, I would have felt too guilty. That was, that was really the fundamental issue. I was, like, just, like, I'm, I'm not doing this. Like, I, I'm not doing this well, so I need to quit. Jimmy Lake, that's all I'm saying. Got to have a little bit more integrity and just quit the job you're not good at. Yeah. He wasn't good. And uh, but if you yeah, just check it out. If you're a Washington fan, maybe an Oregon fan, whatever, just Pac-12 fans in general. There's I know you some of you Pac-12. Some of our listeners are fans of the Pac-12. Uh, if you want to get a little expose on what went wrong with Jimmy Lake, a lot of it was you could see on the surface. But uh, that's I recommend checking that one out. Uh, we did get some. Hold on. Uh, breaking news this week: uh, Our fearless leader George Klyovkov, um tweeted out. This was on March 29th. This is about a week ago. Uh, the Pac-12 is moving to permanent remote work. We will no, yeah, we will no longer have an HQ slash office. Teammates will have flexibility on where to live and work. We will find a much smaller and less expensive studio to continue to produce. 850 plus live events per year. Hashtag back the pack. Um, approval. It sounds like you approve. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Smart guy um, doing the smart and obvious thing. You know, we had bandied about the idea of just me moving the HQ to Vegas, and who knows, maybe that'll still happen. But it should. Um, going remote solves the problem that people brought up when they were talking about moving the entire HQ, which is what about people who want to still be in the Bay Area right. or wherever they are? Um, this makes. So much sense. More employers should be doing this. It uh, brands the Pac-12 as forward thinking. Like I think it's really, really good from a lot of different angles, and it's smart financially. Um, they're going to save a bunch of money, whole bundle of money, uh, doing this um, in the very near term. And um, yeah, I think it'll make it a more uh, a better way to um, um, uh, attract talent. Uh, for, yeah, for the for the conference as a whole. I remember one of the. It was either a Kanzano or Wilner story about it was like the head of whoever like was running the Pac-12 network, like the director, whatever it was, the head, not Larry Scott, but like the guy that was under him. It was, you know, you're running a TV network, like where the TV network people live, Southern California. So the dude was getting private planes back and forth between L.A. So he would fly up for the week and come back down. So there's just one of those things. It's like, oh, we have a we, we have a sports network. We need someone to run it. Well, all the good people are in Los Angeles because that's where all this shit is. So we're going to fly the guy up up and back. I think he lived in like Manhattan or Hermosa Beach or something. And they would fly him up and back each week. So stuff like that you're not going to have to do anymore, uh, which is great. Uh, our good friend, our close, close personal friend, John Wilner. Is he like 
Did we over? We have his barbecue this I, weekend. I, I was in his wedding. Oh, nice, very yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, he put a story up soon afterwards, and one of the things that caught my eye from that one, David, was he said, "Okay, here you do two things. Like just like you said, said someone smart that's like good at their job. You know, that's George Klyovkov. So if you would have said, okay, your commissioner makes two million a year, not five, just he makes two million, a year, which is a great living. That's about what you would make as a power five commissioner. If you did that, and if you also didn't pay $8 million a year in rent, because that's just exorbitant. If you just, those things are like above and beyond what should have happened. If you just cut both of those things in half, which would just be kind of reasonable for whatever, um, it would have saved the conference $70 million over Larry Scott's tenure. So like literally two just kind of like, brain dead of course you don't need to pay this guy this much of course you don't need to pay this much in rent that's 70 million more dollars for the conference just just yeah, doing mean, just that it's very simple math it's almost a million dollars per year per school that could have been doled out um because, which can go a long way yeah i mean if you're talking about eight million for the uh rent and then three additional million for the salary which was way overpaying for what larry scott did yeah i mean it's it's substantial. I mean, you do that, you do enough smart stuff like that, you're actually going to see a meaningful change in the bottom line for a lot of schools. Um, and with how cash strapped some of these athletic departments still are after the pandemic, it's huge. Um, it's going to be meaningful. And I think it also, uh, smart, prudent decisions like that are going to buy him a lot of goodwill on the campuses. Um, and so maybe when he does need to make a big push, which I think we're going to get to with this NIL stuff. Maybe he can get a little bit more buy-in from presidents because he's making prudent financial decisions on the other end. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, just there's just certain things you need to do, and uh, Larry Scott wasn't doing them. One of the other things he did. Now I only saw a tweet. I didn't find the article on this. Did you see this before that there was? So basically, they get an allotment of Rose Bowl tickets. I think this was like 2019. Yeah, it was like it was one of the expose texts or something from Canzano, I think. Um, I think so. Yeah, and where like, yeah, where essentially um, they had for staff in the Pac-12 HQ, um, they had previously gotten as one of the perks of the job two, I think, free tickets per staffer to the Rose Bowl each year. Uh, Larry Scott did away with that, but then like doled them out to like the friends and family on his kids' soccer team. <laughs> so just like used his commissioner prerogative to like give those away to people he wanted to give them away to rather than the people who had been you know like working on it and everything yeah it's just you know it's just and like how does that does that jive with everyone's understanding of larry scott yes 100 percent. so it's just it's an anecdote that just rings absolutely true yeah hold on we should uh the truth is we all know champagne larry likes to roll large right <laughs> Uh, I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit. He he fleeced this league um, for a number of years and still had a lot of confidence from the decision makers up until like the last year of his tenure. That's the thing where it's almost like you're you're running this organization. He was running a confidence game. Yeah, and he's like paying himself, giving himself raises, doing all, giving himself perks. And he still had bosses. I mean, he had presidents of universities that, for whatever reason, just blindly went along with what he said. And, you know, I get they have a lot going on, but he was smart enough to con all of those guys to being to backing him up to the point where he didn't even have to talk to the athletic directors because the athletic directors are, know what's going on. And they'd be like, hey, Prez, like, this isn't right. Or like, oh, he's, he's good. Trust me. He's going to be good. 
Uh, it took a while for that to kind of erode, but he made a crap load of money while doing it. Um, you know, life changing type of money. So he, he's uh, a very wealthy man now. He beat the system for sure. Proud of him. Beat the crap out of the system. Proud of him. Yeah. Um, uh, but NIL, man. We talk some NIL. We got to talk some NIL. So Willard did a column. I think it was like yesterday or something, or the day before. Maybe. Yeah, there was a follow up today, but I think he did one yesterday. Okay. Um, about. Talking about that the NIL is changing the landscape of recruiting. The collectives are out there. We're seeing a lot of money be poured into this, sort of like a GoFundMe for boosters to and, put and the, money in. And the Pac-12 is at the forefront, right? They're doing no. everything they need to do? No. Uh, the Pac-12 was mentioned in at least the original article where talking about like a Caleb Williams having a deal with Beats by Dre, but that's more of an individual one-off. He was saying the issue is going to be if you go to the University of Texas – and you're an offensive lineman, you get 50 grand a year. That's their collective they have set up. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be a superstar quarterback that was on Good Morning America. That guy's going to get his money no matter where he goes to school. Yeah. If you're like the backup left guard, would you rather be the backup left guard at Oregon where you don't get any money or the backup left guard at Texas where you get $50,000? Um, he seems like that. He feels like there's a lot of schools, at least the source he talked to, there's a lot of schools in the Pac-12 that aren't willing to play this game. And he questioned that it could sink the Pac-12 as we know it, if that's a summary, I guess, of that. Yeah, um, I think it's a concern. I think the Pac-12 is slow. I don't think it's going to be permanently so. Like, I think um, it's just, it's not as, I think under the table, a lot of this is being centrally directed by the campuses at other schools um, and not necessarily going to happen in the Pac-12 to that extent. Um, like, I don't think it's just Tennessee just randomly came up with this stuff on the booster groups. Um, this was the communication going on between an associate athletic director and sure. some boosters and the whole thing and setting it up. Yeah. I think the Pac-12 was uh, just knowing USC and UCLA alone, the compliance departments are robust um, mm -hmm. and they love getting after it. Um, and I think there's a. Um, just throughout the league, I think there's more of an effort to be compliant, even with perceived rules that don't exist or what right. you might think might happen in the future. Yeah. Um, whereas everyone else is like, oh, it's free game. Let's do whatever the hell we've been doing, but let's do it up front now. Um, and I think, you know, there's going to be movement. I think eventually it's going to sink down to like already on um, on our message board. There's, you know, not, and these aren't the like million dollar donors, but there's people saying, oh, well, I, I'd be willing to throw in a few thousand a year to a collective. And I, I think it's going to happen, but I think it's truly going to be somewhat informal in the Pac 12, whereas I do believe it's more formalized and centrally directed in the other schools. Um, and that's just the nature of the beast. I, I, but like with everything, I think it will be a competitive imbalance. I mean, I think there's going to be much more of that in the SEC, in the Big 12, um, than there is in the Pac-12, or even the Big 10. I think the Big 10 is probably going to you know, be in a similar boat as the Pac-12 because they all are um, slightly more high-minded institutions. Yeah, I. so the, the issue being, do you feel like this could sink the Pac-12 or this could split the Pac-12 where there are schools that are willing to play the collective game and there are schools... No, because I, I think they're all going to get there eventually um, to whatever extent that the, like and I, I'm not meaning to just pick them out, but like to whatever extent there is a booster group for Oregon State football. I think there's they're going to create this thing. Right. 
Um, it's just a question of the timing. All of everything else, it feels like it was almost a turnkey operation for like Tennessee to get up and running, for Texas to get up and running. Yeah, it's not for these schools because, and this is just my theory on it, there isn't the infrastructure of cheating that was already present at a lot of these other schools. Like you, you so at UCLA, for example, they've got donors to tap for donor things, but it's an entirely different thing that they haven't been providing money for for. Mm which is acquiring players that hasn't really been a donor expense to now. I mean, it's, you know, get to the private jet, you know, the, the accoutrement that go with recruiting, but not the actual act of paying the players. Right. And so that's a different pool of money um, than it is at these other schools where they've had robust cheating mechanisms for a long time. And I'm not even, I'm not denigrating cheaters because I think everyone should have been cheating, but the PAC 12 just hasn't really been as extensive with their cheating. I mean, obviously there's, you know, situations where there's cheating. USC has done some cheating. UCLA has done some cheating. But it's not to the level of um, what was happening in these SEC schools. And I would say um, because of the disparity and the amount of money that the schools get distributed, we you know talked about Larry Scott squandering a lot of that. If you're now going to ask, okay, we have to play this collective game, now you're asking donors that you're sort of relying on their money for, for your capital department. projects, for yeah. like buildings, for um, whatever. Now you're going to tell them, or or they're going to say, "Hey, we're gonna, I'm going to put half of the money I was going to give to you. I'm going to give to the players." That's probably not going to go over as well in the Pac-12 athletic departments, right? Because you're like, "Hey, we need that money." Um, yeah, you need it. Or maybe Alabama well, doesn't because they are, they make so much money from because that's SEC. the tough case to be made because you don't want to cannibalize. Well, I, I think the the reality is um, athletic departments need to change their mindsets because so much more of the effort now has to go into money to the players. And even if you are cannibalizing your own donor streams, it's still more important to pay the players because that's how you get them into the school in the first yeah. place. That's how you generate more future donors because the school is going to be better at football because they're winning more games because you bought more players. Um so it's going to be tough. I think it requires a mindset change in the Pac-12, but I do think it'll eventually come. All right. Um, so we'll we'll watch what Wilner has to say about that. There was also uh, a 24-7 sports article I wanted to bring up. Uh, Brad Crawford wrote it, projecting the 2022 preseason win totals. Uh, well, projecting the win totals for the season, but this is like a preseason deal. Um, I'll go through one by one, and maybe we can both give our over-under. What okay. do you think? I think they did that, too. Um, and they're, uh, yes, I think, uh, yeah, I think Brad, I think Bud, uh, set the, set the, uh, over-unders and then Brad Crawford, um, gave hit, you know, or set the, the line they gave their over-unders, but, uh, for Arizona, Bud's win total projection is four. And Brad said he took the under, where are you on this? All right. So Arizona to recap has San Diego state on the road, Mississippi state at home, North Dakota state at home. Major win to go two and one through that. Yeah. And then you only need two more. I'm going one and two through that. Okay. Then they get Cal on the road, Colorado at home. Let's just say that I'm going to split that. Okay. I think there's two wins total. Uh, Oregon at home, Washington on the road, USC at home. Yeah, that probably 0-3 there. Arizona, uh, Utah on the road, UCLA on the road. So I think... Collectively, you take that set of five. I think they pull out one more win there. Okay. I don't know who, but one more win in that group. Then it's Washington State at home, Arizona State at home. One more win. So I'm going to say it is four. 
the I number is four. I would go with four, and which is a big improvement, obviously, over one. Yeah. Um, but four seems I, – I can't f- – If I had to pick one, I would go over. Really? Yeah, because I could see them sweeping the last two, Washington State at home and Arizona State at home. Yeah, Arizona State's kind of a problem. It's, I think it's a really good number, and I, w- I wouldn't feel great on either side of it. No, I, I think if I – if you gun to my head, I would go over the four, but it's – I think the number is four. All right. Uh, for Colorado – the Buffs, if you remember, were they like four and two or something in 2020? Yes. They were like, you know, they were re- they were really good. Uh, projection for win total by Bud is two. All right. So here's what it is. TCU at home, Air oh. Force on the road, Minnesota on the road. Okay. So 0 and 3. Yeah, probably, right? Probably. Uh, Brad, Brad predicted over for the two-win thing, just so you know. All right. Uh, then it's UCLA at home, Arizona on the road, Cal at home. All right. I'm going to say through that first six, they get a win. Sure. Okay. Uh, Oregon State on the road, Arizona State at home, Oregon at home, USC on the road, Washington on the road, Utah at home. I mean... <sighs> yeah, I'd- I'm No kidding. That's a tough schedule. I might hit the number again on this one. I think two is probably good. But, two feels right. But I would f- I would lean towards the under, <laughs> which is not good. That means I, like look, you're not going to. I'm on the record as feeling very bad for Colorado and very bad for Colorado fans. But yeah, I'm, I'm under. I mean, think about Arizona last year. Like the only reason they won was because of like a COVID thing. Like literally yeah. that's the only reason they won a game. But this one, like there's some teams. That, I mean, I don't know how good Arizona State's going to be. I don't know, but. This doesn't look good. No. Um, I don't feel – I would not feel good saying Colorado is going to get three wins. I would much rather say on the number or under. Sure. Uh, David Shaw, Stanford Cardinal. Bud projects projects four wins for the Cardinal. And Brad, which I'm not liking Brad's picks right here, is going over of that. All right, so here's what we got. I don't even want to know the schedule. Under. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Colgate at home, that's a win. All right. USC on at home, um, Washington on the road, Oregon on the road. Yeah. No. I'm gonna go 0 3, right? Yeah, yeah, 0 3. Oregon State at home, let's call that another win, just just for the sake of argument, we're at two. Oregon State? Yeah, I know. Okay. Let's just I'm, All right. I'm just gonna We're gonna try. All right. Uh Notre Dame on the road. Nope. No. Uh ASU at home? Maybe. Give them another one? Yeah, let's All give right, them one. We're at three now. Uh UCLA on the road. No way. No, they UCLA got over that hump. So Washington State at home. I just like Washington State. I don't know. I mean, yeah. they, you could go. You could convince. I me would them. maybe go between that between that ASU and Oregon State. I think there are two wins. I just don't know which ones. Okay. Um, Stanford at Utah. No, is next. No, at Cal. Mm, I mean, could uh, potentially they could. All right. So and then BYU at home. Here's what I think Brad is doing. He's taking all of the ones that are semi toss ups, okay. and putting them in Stanford's win column, which we're not going to do. No, I'm going under four. At four, it's under. Yeah, I, again, I like this number, but like, I mean, it was three and eight last year. That's with wins over USC and Oregon. Like, holy cow! Um, I just I don't think they're going in the right direction. So, oh, understatement of the year. So we're gonna we're gonna go under that one. All right, the. California Golden Bears. I could have been playing the sounds, I guess, but uh, Cal, Bud predicts seven wins, and Brad goes under. All right. Let me pull up the schedule after your computer loads. 
is the equipment I provide not to your satisfaction? It never is. All right, uh, UC Davis at home, that's a win. UNLV at home, that's a win. Uh, they're going at Notre Dame. Wow. That's exciting. Uh, that's a loss, but they're going out there. Uh, Arizona at home, that's a win. So they're going to be three and one. Okay. Heading into October. Then it's uh, at Washington State and at Colorado. I think they take one of those. Sure. Okay. Then it's Washington at home. Um, eh, they, be, they, beat the, they beat Washington all the time. So we're at five then, right then. Okay. Oregon at home, loss. USC on the road, loss. Oregon State on the road. That's a tough one on the road. That's a tough one on the road. Stanford at home, we're calling that a win, I think, in our previous. Yeah. And then UCLA at home. So I think I had a couple of toss-ups to get to seven. I think I'm taking the under on the seven. Yeah, I think I'll I'll I'm gonna like I like the number again. I like seven. Well, I like seven, but if I had to pick, I'm going under. Okay, uh, I'll go with you. I'll go under on that one too. Uh, all right, next we got Oregon State. Uh, the Beavs. Bud predicts seven, and Brad says even on this one. All right, Oregon State. Uh, they have Boise State at home. Fresno State on the road, Montana State at home in the non-conference. Two and one? I, I'd go two and one, yeah. Then it's USC at home, hey. Utah on the road, yeah. Stanford on the road. It's one and two, two and one-ish. One and two. Let's go one and two. Okay. All right, so we're at three and three right now. Uh, Washington State at home, Colorado at home. Could, I mean, should we be conservative and go one and one? Let's go one and one. Be conservative. all right. So four and four. Uh, Washington on the road. Cal at home. Another one and one. Yeah. All right. So five and five. Uh, ASU on the road. Oregon at home. I think one and one again. Six and six. Yeah. That's so where we go are. under. Okay. Um, I mean, Oregon State could be better, but I think they're sort of like where they were. I don't know. Um. But I'm gonna go under, which I don't feel good about. I like I like the I like the beeves. Yeah, that's just the eyeball. We'll we'll, we'll get deeper into it next. All right, uh, Washington State, um, the Cougs. Bud predicts seven, and Brad goes under on that one. All right, so here's the schedule: Idaho at home, Wash, uh, Wisconsin on the road, and Colorado State at home. So that looks like a two and one to me. Okay. Then it's Oregon at home, Cal at home, USC on the road. One and two. Probably, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're at three and three. Then it's Oregon State at, on the road, Utah at home, and Stanford on the road. That could be one and two also. Yeah. So already we are at four and six. Yeah, this is... So we're going under. I think we're going under. Uh, ASU at home, Arizona on the road, Washington at home. That's probably two and one, but we're still... Still like six and six. Six and six. Okay. Uh, ASU. Sun Devils, Bud has them at six, and Brad says even. All right, ASU's schedule, they have Northern Arizona at home, they have Oklahoma State on the road, and they have Eastern Michigan at home, so two and one. Two and one. All right, Utah at home, uh, USC on the road, and Washington at home, one and two. I mean, you could talk me into 0 and 3, but I'll go 1 and 2. I'll go 1 and 2. Okay. Um, All right. So we're at 3 and 3. Then it's Stanford on the road, Colorado on the road, and UCLA at home. 1 and 2? Yeah. 1? Could be. This is the swing part of the schedule. Yeah. Because that's what makes or breaks it. If they go 2 and 1 here, then it's, you know, they're getting to their five wins. 
Well, no, there it's the they, number is six. Yeah, Jesus. I don't. I think I'm going under, but I. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll say two and one during that stretch. Okay, so they're at uh, five and four. Then it's Washington State on the road, Oregon State at home, and Arizona on the road. I mean, you could easily go one and two, or like. Uh, Here's what I'll say: You got to do some crazy shit to go over six. Like yeah, they're, they're gonna have to do some nut stuff to get over six. So this is this is even or under for me. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that one too. But like. Could they turn the corner and act like a competent football team again? Or is it still, I mean, I, I'm thinking they're going to take a step backwards. So that's why I'm, I think some of those toss ups are like, oh, it's Arizona state. They got a lot of talent, right? but they lose that game, you know? Um, So I think I'm going to go under as well. The uh, UCLA Bruins uh, win projection of eight, exactly what they did this year. Brad says even. All right. They have Bowling Green at home, Alabama State at home, and South Alabama at home in non-conference. If they do not go 3-0, and you should fire Chip Kelly. Uh, or counterpoint. <laughs> okay. All right, 3-0. and All right, 3-0. and uh, Then it's Colorado on the road, Washington at home, Utah at home. What do you want to do? I'm going to go 2-1. and one. Okay. I could, I could go with you 2-1. and 5-1. and one. All right. Then it's Oregon on the road, Stanford at home, ASU on the road. Another 2-1. and one. Do you think they'll be? But we're already at seven and two, and that feels not right. Oh, so maybe eight and one would be the best. <laughs> All think. right, seven and two, and then it's Arizona at home, USC at home, and Cal on the road. So that so that could be one and two. Okay. Beat Arizona, so that would put us at eight. But here's the thing: we got to eight pretty easily there. Okay. So I think it's eight or over. Yeah, I think so. Like I don't think it's under. Right. That non-conference is too easy for it to be. To start three and zero, then it's like you just uh, you have to win half your games in the Pac-12. Yeah, so I think it's eight or over. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll we'll say over for. So if he so if Chip goes from losing record, losing record, lose to eight wins, blow out of a rival, and then improves on it the next season. I'm really tired. (laughs) If I have to jump across these tables to strangle you, it's gonna make me exhausted. I think nine wins is like when you sign one of those ten year deals. I think that's what that's what you're looking for. All right, Washington Huskies, Bud predicts six, and Brad says over. What do you say? Kent State at home, Portland State at home, and Michigan State at home. They could go three and zero oh in that stretch. I will go two and one. Okay, that's yeah, a little conservative, but we'll take it. Stanford at home, UCLA on the road, Arizona State on the road. I go two and one again. Okay, four and two. Uh, Arizona at home, Cal on the road, Oregon State at home. I don't know if it's a one and two. It's it's between a one and two, two and one kind of thing. Okay. I feel like we're going to get to six, though. Yeah, then it's Oregon on the road, uh, Colorado at home, Washington State on the road. Yeah, I think we get to six pretty easy. I, I think I'm going over here. Yeah, this yeah. isn't over. Yeah, like there's enough of the toss-ups, and I feel like Kalen DeBoer is going to have this offense, you know, instead of like struggling to get triple digit yards, you know, they're going to get points and things like it's just going to be, it'll be a weird feeling in Seattle, like to score a bunch of points and stuff, but I think they will. So I think you're going to win some of those games. Um, yeah. So let's go over. All right. All right. Uh, the Utes, you might remember them going to the Rose Bowl, Utah, win projection of nine and Brad says over. All right. So that will be. At Florida, 
Southern Ooh. Utah at home and San Diego State at home. So two and one, say. So. Let's go two and one. Let's be conservative. Yeah. ASU on the road, Oregon State at home, UCLA on the road. Uh, two and one again. So we're at four and two already with Utah. I yeah. think that's three and zero. That could right be there. three and zero. Yeah, yeah, I would go three and zero. All right, I'm going five and one. Uh, then it's USC at home, which is going to be the game of the year. But uh, they they win in Salt Lake City, so yeah. So Utah going six and one. Uh, then it's Washington State on the road, Arizona at home, Stanford at home. That's at least two and one, but probably three and zero. Yeah. So and then it's Oregon on the road, which is going to be a pure toss up, I think. Yeah. Um, and then it's going to be Colorado on the road. Here's what I'll say. I think they're going ten and two. I think so. I don't too. know where the two losses are coming from. I'm going to say Pencil one in as Florida and one in as either uh washington state on the road oregon on the road or uh, maybe ucla on the road I, I think they will handle usc and utah though oregon's probably gonna be a loss i mean we haven't seen these teams play for a while so we don't know what it would be like <laughs> but i assume oregon will beat them right? well because they've consistently handled utah right especially last year yes in in games that were played in very close proximity to each other right yes, yes. um I don't know. I think I'm definitely worse for that because I was on Utah the first game and you were not. You were like big into Oregon and you got crushed. And then you tried to reverse psychology yourself. I tried to reverse psychology myself, even though I saw what was going on. Uh And that didn't that didn't work. No. Uh, Okay, USC Trojans uh, prediction uh, win total prediction of eight. And Brad is going over. All right, so it's Rice at home, Stanford on the road, Fresno State at home. Probably 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. Oregon State on the road, Arizona State at home, Washington State at home. Probably 2-1. 2-1, so we're at 5-1. Okay. All right, Utah on the road, Arizona on the road, Cal at home. This could be a sneaky 1-2, and two. like it absolutely could be, but I'll go 2-1. and one. I think it's going to be 2-1, but you could be, it could, yeah, like if things aren't going right, like that could be a 1-2. and two. Yeah, 7-2, and two, and then uh, Colorado at home, USC, uh, UCLA on the road, and then Notre Dame at home. <sighs> Are we going over on USC? Because that I looks like 1-2 so. and two to me, or that looks like 2-1 and one to me. Yeah, I think, I think a 9, I think 9 is where I would put this one. Yeah. Uh, you just don't know. I mean, they still haven't built their whole roster. Like, if they if they go and add a whole bunch of more dudes, which Lincoln Riley says they're going to do, like, I'm not saying that it's going to be – you're adding all these, like, free agents, basically. It doesn't mean you're going to have a great team. But, man, they're going to have a lot of good pieces. So. Totes. The Ducks. Oregon Ducks. Bud projects uh, nine wins, and Brad says that's right. Even. All right. So they are playing uh, Georgia. Uh, Eastern Washington and BYU in non-conference. BYU at home? Yeah. Uh, I mean, two and one. Sure. Uh, Land Danning goes to his old stomping grounds, but probably gets beat up gets, a little bit. Gets stomped. Uh, Washington State on the road, Stanford at home, Arizona on the road. Another two and one? You could even talk me three and oh, but I'll go two and one, yeah. Well, Washington State and Arizona will both be frisky this year. One of them okay. can do it. Yeah. Um, all because they were two at four and, and two. UCLA at home, Cal on the road, Colorado on the road. That I'll go three and zero. Okay, that's three and zero to me. Yeah, so that's seven and two, and then it's Washington at home, Utah at home, and Oregon State on the road. That could be a one and two. It could be a one and two. I mean, they I'll could go, lose all those games. Yeah, I'll go two and one. And I'll say nine and three. I say it's even. Hmm. I'm gonna. But go, I would go under if I had to pick one. Yeah, I think even's right, but I will go under also because that one, like, yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough stretch for the, to go two and one in those last three games. I think would be. 
uh, something. Yep. So, all right. Well, there was a little game we were playing there. Um, real quick. So I had, before we jump into questions, I've had Chris Trevino in here who is, you know, works for our site and we've been doing a podcast together. We have been filming it and like simulcasting it basically. So put it up on YouTube. Um, since you're in the studio, like we could do something like that. We don't have like a YouTube page or anything. We would have to do that if we're going to do that. And actually that's more work for me because I got like edit yeah, the video yeah, so. and stuff. Which probably not. But if, if you're a listener out there and you're like, yes, we want to see your ugly I want to see mugs. your fucking faces. I want to see what happens when Ryan's talking about spring football. What is David Woods doing? Like looking uh, at his yeah, phone. No, I'm going to have to like actually pay attention to this show now. Looking uh, at the camera and things. Uh, um, all right. Well, let us know. If that's something you like you really, really want. We could potentially do that. Uh, why would I add more work to myself? I don't know. Maybe David will handle that part. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I could that see seems that likely. I could see that happening. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with some questions. All right, we got a couple of voicemails. You want to start with those? I would love to start with those. All right, Ryan. here we go. First up. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perks. Uh, calling in for my weekly routine, as uh, as Ryan calls it. Um, I want to say back when the the whole NIL stuff was was kind of coming to fruition, and there was some debate over um, what some of the schools in the Pac-12 footprint can offer. Uh, I believe uh, I've heard this in other places, but David kind of mentioned how if you take the the top ranked football players, like in the ESPN 300, um, most of them are, are pretty grounded in the sense that some of them might make the NFL or, or might not be a high draft pick. Um, whereas, you know, D- David had mentioned that you talk to any kid that's really in the ESPN 100 for basketball, and they all think they're going to be a surefire draft prospect. And I was wondering, uh, why do you guys think that is? Is it just kind of the difference between the football and basketball players? Do you think it's kind of a, a difference between who's surrounding them in, in some of these situations in terms of, uh, you know, kind of the grassroots or travel program coaches? Uh, I was just kind of curious because I've heard that bounced around quite a bit. Uh, thanks, guys. I don't he, think I'm following this. So he's, um, what's the difference between uh, the football recruits at the top level and the basketball recruits at the top level, like in the top 300 in football versus the top 100 in basketball? Okay. And uh, this is like, yeah, it's totally a thing where um, basically anybody who's like um, in the top 100 in basketball, they were mostly identified as like ninth graders. Um, in football, it's later generally um, because there's a lot more players um, and the travel circuit isn't quite as robust. So it's regional. Um, so it, it, my theory on it is there's not as much smoke blown up their asses from a younger age. And so they're a little bit more grounded. Their families are a little bit more involved in the actual process. Whereas in the basketball world, a lot of it will be handlers. A lot of it will be the shoe companies. A lot of it will be just kind of random hangers-on around the the recruit who are telling him, you know, what he wants to hear the whole time. Yeah. That he's going to be, you know, uh, the best player since LeBron. Um, and that just happens a little bit more in basketball. And I think it's just the nature of those recruitments. They start earlier. The kids are identified earlier. Um, they're playing on these national travel circuits earlier. The hype videos that you see on Twitter, you don't really see for like uh, even junior football players. Um, it's not until senior year where you start like seeing those sorts of things, but it also isn't the same way. I mean, there's a lot more. I don't know, like when you see like clips of uh, Peyton Watson dunking on Chet Holmgren in summer action in 2021 or whatever, it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But like, you know, 
Brandon Huffman had a great clip of Najee Harris as a recruit doing some crazy juke moves, and it was nowhere near as big as that sort of thing. Right. Um, it's just a different vibe and a different feel around it. I think um, it's easier for people to understand um, when they're seeing somebody really good in basketball, um, like common idiot. And then the common idiot is also like pumping that up, like talking about this, like not even incoming freshman in college as if he's like the best thing ever because it's easier for them to understand it. Um, whereas in football, like a lot of these guys who are going to be great players are not actually doing much of anything as sophomores in high school. Like they're, still growing into their bodies or whatever. A lot of like guys who project as great offensive linemen in, in college are like, oh, it's just a great body that you're seeing in high school. Right. Um, so it's, you know, there's just a lot to it. Um, and it's, it's uh, but it fun- fundamentally does, like as you were saying, comes down to um, who's around them and, and blowing smoke up their ass. And I do think just the sports are different where in seventh grade, you knew LeBron James was going to be great. Now, right. he, he wasn't. Six nine, two hundred and seventy pounds, or whatever he is, like you know. But you even knew that. But like that's the thing is, you even knew that about Kevin Love as an eighth grader. Like you understood it because of just like. But also, you're. It's the nature of that entire apparatus is that you are watching guys in eighth grade that you're. You're not doing that with football because most guys aren't playing football in eighth grade. Yeah, but even um, so, they're not. If you're going to be an amazing, if you're like Jonathan Ogden or something, like you're probably bigger than everybody when you're in eighth grade, but. No one's going to think, oh, you're going to be like a Hall of Fame left tackle kind of dude. Um, no, yeah, there's, exactly. There's guys that are that big that just won't be that good. Um, the skills you can kind of see in basketball, I think, a little bit easier. And it's it's tough. The bodies are really important in football. And there's so many guys that were 240 pounds, even like as juniors, and they end up 310 pounds in college. You know, like that just even when you're later in the high school years. But the you could identify basketball players just a lot earlier, I think. And that's... That's a big part of it, too. Yep. Uh, okay. Our buddy's back. Um, so we we talked about Stanford. We both predicted uh, pain again. Um, Clubber Lang, pain. What's your prediction? Pain. Uh, Zodiac Killer's back. Now, I haven't oh, listened yeah, to maybe. this yet. I could tell just from looking at the first five words who sent this voicemail in. It's a little long, but I'll play it for you guys, and hopefully uh, we won't get shut down because of it. But I think we'll be okay. Here we go. Well, well, well. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Sith Lord Dave. That's right, it's me, the Zoraidi resident Stanford fan. Hey, uh, been missing you guys. Been missing all of this self-loathing torture we put ourselves through <laughs> as Pac-12 fans. And so I've spent some time in the cave of self-reflection. I've been reflecting on not only my own fandom, but also all of Stanford's 19 wins in the two major sports. That's football and basketball combined. (laughs) Now, our women are, Stanford's a place where the women are total badasses, so I don't mean to discount them here. Just was reflecting on the two sports I personally follow the most closely, football and basketball. 19 total wins. Whew. Ryan, I have to say, I I, uh, I agree with you. We are, but... But of those 19 wins, three of them, that's just under one-sixth, which is my master's and rest, about 18% of our wins. 
came against USC. That's right. A football massacre ended the tenure of our beloved Clay Hilton and two, <laughs> count them, two victories over the USC Trojans' highly touted basketball team. So my question for you is, if we're, if we're butts, what are you, SC? Keep it mediocre, boy. <laughs> That's a great question. It is a great one. Um, I mean, obviously, Stanford, David Shaw did USC a favor because got rid of Clay Helton. Didn't didn't do you a favor. I mean, um, he broke he broke hearts and minds throughout the league. Many hearts and minds were broken throughout the league. But and I, I didn't obviously. I'm not the biggest basketball person. But I think when Stanford beat USC basketball, like they were actually good. Like that was like a what what happened, right? Like USC was actually playing pretty well when they lost to Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. yeah. Um, so those were good. Like those were good, legit. You know, they didn't have a lot of other. Stanford wins. wasn't good though. No, no. But they beat USC. Like uh-huh. when US not like I think. There was some COVID time, like they were COVID stuff. I don't think Stan- the Stanford, maybe one of the Stanford games was like that, but one of them was like complete shock, I believe. Like, holy crap, how did Stanford beat USC? Um, so, yeah, those are, Sith Lord got a couple good ones. You got a now, couple USC of- went out in the first round of the tournament, so I don't know how good you're going to feel, but. Pretty shitty. Yeah, but Sith Lord's back. Sith Lord. Oh, you're the Sith Lord. I'm uh, the Sith Lord. He's the Zodiac he's Killer. He's the Zodiac Killer. Uh, I love it. All right. Uh, this is from Paul Webfoot. Okay. You don't deserve this email. You tweeted that you didn't get any emails because you talked about basketball. Then you talked on the show about how you didn't get any emails because you talked about basketball. Both times you swore to never do it again. And then you did immediately. You literally followed up swearing off basketball talk with giving us more basketball talk. Your next tweet mentioned it as well. I love you both dearly, but you must learn. I couldn't decide if I should email you to scold you or simply withhold emails again, but decided this was more fun. I would have left you a four-star review just for this, but that would involve using my wife's iPhone, and that's too much work. So no Civil War generals, no witch coaches like which kind of liquor, and definitely no Disney princesses. Also, no line breaks. Never again (laughs) should you mention basketball unless Kelly Graves and Dana Altman figure their shit out. Then y'all go no truck stops and and just never talk football until the tournament ends. Yours truly, Web Football. Yeah. And, And, you know, I'm big on not talking about basketball, but... Sometimes people are avoiding bat- football, and you're just just talking about basketball. Like, come on, you can't you can't do that. You can't just like I could maybe mention it, but heck, you can't just do all basketball. Like, there's who would do that? That just seems like ridiculous. There's many months of the year where I would like to do that. Uh, off season chat from our buddy Mark in Vancouver. He loves us dearly, by the way. Webfoot loves us dearly. I like that. That was kind of cool. That was very. I love like, being loved dearly. Yeah, I mean, like that's nice of Webfoot. That he yeah, would say that. I like being loved. Uh, hello champions. You both are desperate for any kind of content. So here's a topic. Oh my God. We're going to get a whole bunch of emails of like list a billion uh-huh. things. We, we did this to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know what this is, but I'm assuming right. there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to mm-hmm. take hours. Uh, David has frequently disdained the IPA category of beer saying that they just taste like flowers that grew out of an armpit and Mark agrees. Uh, so if not IPAs, then what are your favorite beer styles and what are your particular Favorites, keep up the mediocrity, Mark in Vancouver. Well, I can tell you that one of Ryan's favorites is a mango beer. Mango it, cart it, is like if they don't have the other beers I like, I go with that. But what are the what are the other beers you like? I want to hear about this. Okay, so um I love reds. Reds and ambers are my so like if you were like a generic not generic, but just like if you're in the store, you might see like a fat tire. That's an amber. Uh I like those. Um 
I went over to Ireland a few years ago. I always liked reds. They had uh, Smittix was like on tap everywhere. I have some Smittix in my fridge right now. If you can find it, like it, good liquor stores or like the big wine stores will have stuff like that. It's spelled Smithwicks, but it's Smittix. You just say that. Um, but just the the multi kind of stuff. I, I like that uh, for reds and ambers. So I try to get those at places. Uh, if they don't, and it's like basically like you're getting Bud Light or Pacifico or something. But if they have a mango cart, I'll get that. There's some interesting flavors with that. So the f- the fruitier the beer, the least the less I like it. Generally speaking, yeah. Okay. Um, so um, I like a lot of stouts. Yeah, like Guinness is good. Yeah, and I mean that's probably if I if I have like my choice of something and it's like, you know, the thing is like Guinness is like. I don't know if it's just like your own psychology at play, but I'm not like wanting to like drink Guinness like when I'm like outside. Like that no. seems like an indoor nighttime beer. Um, whereas you know you want to drink something. I like got just like a pilsner of some sort when you're outside. Yeah, yeah, like, like something a drinking. That's, refreshing. Yeah, that's not like a, if you can eat it with a spoon. Um, <laughs> it's hard, you know. Yeah, but yeah. We, I had it like that's another one I had in Ireland, and when they pour like it's poured well there. It's like that, you know. That's good, uh, but I. Yeah, I don't find myself like, hey, give me a Guinness. Because you might not get, like, it's not like the specialty. It's like if I'm going to Chicago, I'm not ordering sushi. Like, I sort of want it, like, if it's like an Irish pub and they do it right, like, okay, I'll get the Guinness, you know. But if it's like the local bar, like, I don't know if they're going to do it right. The most important thing I want to convey is that I am not picky about beers at all, and I will drink IPAs. What pisses me off about IPAs are the obnoxious IPA people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like soccer fans. The ones who are like, oh, my God, taste this one. It's got... Uh, some sort of other thing, and then you taste it, and invariably that person is giving you rotten flowers, and you're drinking them. And like the thing is, if you just handed me a beer and it tastes like rotten flowers, I'm going to drink it because right. Look, guys, again, I need to make this point because I feel like I make it enough. None of this stuff tastes good. Like none of it tastes better than chocolate milk. The reason we're drinking it is not because it tastes good. Okay, the reason we're drinking it is to make our heads kind of funny. That's it. That's the only reason we're doing it. Let's all just be honest with each other. We can talk about like, oh, this beer is a little bit better than that one. And yeah, sure, sure, sure. We're talking about like rotten things. Like they're literally rotten. That's how fermentation happens. They're rotting. Um, so it's 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 fine. It's all rotten. Um, and it's it's great. But like the same thing with wine. Like, no, this tastes no better than like a glass of water. I'm drinking it to make my head bad. It's like grape juice. No, it doesn't taste like grape juice. <laughs> Grape juice is delicious. It's got shitload of sugar in it. It's There's delightful. sugar in wine. There's yeah, it's fine. No, it tastes kind of bitter and harsh. But whatever. Red wine gives you heartburn. It's fine. All of it's fine. All right. But you're drinking it to make your head bad. Yes. That's the reason. So like, let's stop sitting here talking about. Oh my god, I love drinking a refreshing IPA. No, you don't. You love <laughs> drinking chocolate milk, and you tolerate IPAs to make your head bad. <laughs> nice. That's good. Chocolate milk. Okay. I do love me some chocolate. Who doesn't? Strawberry milk. Do you ever do you ever have that? Like Yeah, I've had it. It's fine. It's it's like almost more sugar. I yeah. think it probably is. It probably is, because yeah. they've got a um they actually have to disguise the strawberry enough to make kids drink it. And I was always more I don't know if they even do it now. Like as a kid, there was the powder and then like the syrup. And the syrup is also I put it on cho- like ice cream and stuff, but I was more of a powder in the milk guy. I don't mm, know. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Were you like a syrup in the milk syrup, guy? Syrup. Okay. Absolutely syrup. They might not even do the powder anymore. I'm old. so that No, that, I remember still seeing it around, but no, it's always been syrup. Okay. What do we got in next? This house. Um, all right. Next up, we have uh, from Mike. 
podcast of champs question. Hail and well met, Ryan and Dave. I trust this email finds you well. As a loyal listener of the podcast for many years, I have heard your cries for content and am here to oblige. We've heard the dribble about uh, Disney princesses and Civil War generals before, but that might not be dialogue that panders to your target audience. After careful consideration, I'd like to propose a new discussion topic that more closely aligns with what I imagine is more relevant to the average listener. If each Pac-12 football program was a beer, what brand would they be? Please discuss and support your thesis statements. I very much look forward to hearing this discourse. Uh, or you want to keep going? Or, we gonna... uh, or maybe we could just get more spring practice updates from Dave. Have a blessed day, Mike. Yeah, this is tough because, I mean, I don't... I think we could get some... We, we've had... I think we've done this, right? We have done this. Um, do you remember any of it? Like... No. Yeah, this is hard to do. It's very hard to do. So it's sort of like this. We kind of need user intera- listener yeah, interaction. We'll need uh, we'll need some uh, some input. Hey Shane. Yeah, one of you. On one of you insane beer people that I've just denigrated. Can you do this? We'll Thank you. we'll read it and laugh, and we'll think it's very funny. But I don't think either one of us would come up with uh, like why because you need to know Utah's chocolate milk, by the way. because it's the taste the best, or is this? Well, it's in Utah, so. They're not drinking a ton of beer there. Very good point. And yeah. then, uh, because like at the end of the day, they're, they're better than everyone else. Like you, the, you can talk about the nuances of all the other ones, but it's chocolate milk. What's the Heineken uh, no alcohol beer that they have commercials for? Like, yeah, that, Utah could yeah. be that one. Could or something. be. Yeah, but that uh, probably doesn't taste very good. Okay, so Colorado has to be like one of those fruit, like those like yes. IPAs yes. that's just like insufferable. Yes. It's, yeah, yes. like certainly. Uh, Oregon could probably be that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon State might be like a stout or something. Yeah, maybe a brown beer. Yeah, there'd be a brown beer. USC would be a Heineken because it was much better in the '60s. Nice. Wasn't that when that became a big thing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm that sure. was when, uh, that's when I think it was first imported into the United States. Nice. Uh, there you go. Um, Arizona is like Corona or like Pacifico. Like it's got to be like Mexican. No, like, no, no, no. Arizona, Arizona's like um, it's like uh, Milwaukee's best light. Okay. <laughs> who who do you want to give like the Corona or Pacifico beer to? Uh, Corona's UCLA and Chip Kelly, baby. Okay. Why? He likes Coronas. Oh, he's okay. Well, just I was thinking, you know, ASU is like. It's like Bud Light. Like it's just like party all the time. Like it's yeah. just like we're just. What can you drink the most <laughs> while playing Flip Cup? <laughs> That's okay. Now we're doing this. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Stanford. No, Stanford is the like the the Stanford is like um, what's the nonsense IPA that everyone's friggin' talking about all the time? The one where they only open like a single cask in like one bar in like Thousand Oaks every year. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, pl- pl- uh, Pliny the Younger or Elder, whichever. It doesn't matter. One of those? They're one of the stupid ones. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cal is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. So, okay, we're, I think we're done. Yeah, we're, we're done. We hit like the, the high notes and then... Yeah. But someone else... So we'll, we give you someone a Someone else goes something good. We'll give you a head start. All right. Uh, this one... Is from Ross, Nick's slash Williams. Hey guys, Ross from Oregon. He put his name right at the beginning. I was looking, he didn't sign at the end, so I didn't see it. Uh, since both of you guys were highly rated high school prospects and have shown they can play good football and are now in a new league and assuming both are, st- what? 
I'm confused here. You you added a U where there was none. Since, Since both, both guys. guys. Okay. Oh, okay. He's referring to mm-hmm. to the two people he's going to name in just a second. Okay. Well, he put it in the subject. Nick's and Williams. There you go. We could use full names. Since both guys were highly rated high school prospects and have shown they can play good football and are now in a new league and assuming both are starters, do you see Bo Nix and Caleb Williams being the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this season? Thanks. Love the show. And as always, go Ducks. You're half, from Ross. You're half right, Ross. Yeah, I think Caleb Williams. I'm not sure. Bo, Bo Nix isn't good. I don't. I have not been impressed with Bo Nix. Bo Nix isn't good. He's going to be a middle of the pack starter in the league this year. I would, yeah, yeah, but that's fine. Uh, but I think that'll Oregon be, that'll have, be that'll be probably a little bit better than you were doing last year. They could have a better guy on the roster too. Maybe, like, yeah. Like Bo Nix might not be the starter, or maybe he starts yeah, the starter. Like uh, the most he's ever averaged per attempt is seven point four yards. He's he's mediocre. Yeah, at best, that's fine. Okay, all right. Uh, next up. We got Greg. No more basketball talk. Okay, I'm glad you stopped talking about basketball. Now we can move on to the good sports, baseball. Do you think that college baseball could really benefit from giving NIL deals to baseball players? Maybe players would reconsider going pro since the minors are hard to get through. You get the college experience, maybe a degree, make money, and MLB is always on strike anyways. What do you guys think? And aren't you glad I didn't ask about basketball? Thanks, Greg. This is interesting. It is interesting. It's funny that Because baseball doesn't have enough scholarships. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, you could get money, but you're not getting your education paid for. But maybe you could. Like, what I'm saying is do a little NIL money. Because the thing is, a lot of schools in the Pac-12 have um, major league baseball players oh, yeah. making a shitload of money who'd probably be willing to give back. I mean, what are we talking here? Twenty or 30000 a year to make sure that you can give out truly a full complement of scholarships every year? That's interesting. So, like a place like Stanford doesn't need it, right? Because they they have the endowment that everyone gets their tuition paid for or whatever. Yeah, like, no matter what, basically. Um, but there's other school. You know, if your tuition's high, it's hard. Yeah. Um, because but like UCLA, you get like eleven and a quarter scholarships or something, and you get like there's like thirty dudes on a roster or something. I don't know what it is. Something like that. It's yeah. it's it's not it's not easy. Yeah. So you could. I mean, there could be. That's the interesting thing is that I think, especially with baseball, I think there's real benefits to come from NIL for these guys because of the amount of, because it's not a big college sport, but it's a very, very lucrative pro sport, which means that there's a lot of guys with money who came from these college baseball programs who can now support those programs. Um, You know, I mean, UCLA has got several guys who have made over $100 million in in Major League Baseball now. Um, Yeah. So doesn't seem like it'd be that much of a stretch for them to each give back like a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and make sure that they give out some real scholarships. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on. I got to get out of here pretty soon because of uh, football practice, but we'll, we, got, we still got a bunch of questions left. We'll get through them. Utah recruiting after Kyle McDonald. Uh, this is from Matt in Denver. Ryan and Dave, I have to listen. Oh, is this my turn? I guess it is. Uh, if I have to listen to another episode of Ryan providing weekly recaps of spring practices with breaking news updates, to the time and date of spring games, I'm going to lose my mind. So here's a real question that should provide for at least a few minutes of non-bouncy hoops content. With the departure of Utah's running backs coach, Kyle McDonald, to USC, what impact do you see that having on Utah's recruiting and development of running backs? I feel like Utah's been blessed, hashtag blessed, with a steady stream of dudes in the backfield for a few years now. 
How much of that is due to Kyle McDowell and how much of it is due to overall program stability? And Ryan, uh, have you seen any impacts at USC since McDonald has been hired? Thanks for keeping it mediocre, Matt in Denver. He's, uh, I talked to him a few times already and uh, very impressed with him. There's players, you know, he even talked about like Austin Jones transferred from Stanford. Is a guy that he had recruited. I think he might have been the same thing with Travis Dye. Uh, don't I, you know? I, I think they're making some inroads. Certain, you know, they got a five-star running back at the end of the 2022 cycle, and Rayleigh Brown too. I think he's had good, you know, an impact there. But I feel like with Utah, yeah, he was a really good recruiter. But the the culture and all of that, and the the traditions that come, I mean, uh, that Kyle Whittingham had put you know put together, just being able to win, I think that was a big impact too. But. I don't know uh, who they replaced him with and how good a recruiter is, but I do I believe, believe McDonald is a really good recruiter just from from talking to him and seeing his results. Yeah, and I mean they they had good running backs before uh, McDonald. I mean Devontae Booker was before him. I yeah, think. he's great. Um, so I, I don't think it's like that program is head coach driven. I don't think it has heavy reliance on any one assistant coach. Um, and their new running backs coach is Quinton Ganther. Where did he come from? Well, now you're asking me a question that I don't have the answer to. That's okay. Uh, Is it okay? I don't think it's okay. I think he was previously serving as the running backs coach at Weber State. And, and, oh, yeah, most recently, uh, he was uh, an offensive assistant for Jacksonville. Is that right? Oh, okay. And now he's with Utah. NFL guy. Yeah. But before that, he was the running backs coach for Weber State. But I do like him. I like him as a recruiter. You like Quentin Ganther as a recruiter? Uh, I like him, too. Yeah, why don't you clarify your... uh, antecedents sure i think it's your i think i might have done two in a row sorry no i don't think you did i think you just missed that i had talked about um you know what greg had said about baseball oh yes okay here's from cameron in costa mesa boys thanks for keeping us all entertained in the long offseason question for you boys if you were to go back and play college football which school would you go to and what position would you play i've got a really quick and easy answer uh Okay, what I think I remember you said something like this. If before. I was to go back and play college football, I would quit immediately because I don't want to get hit by anyone. Okay. Good point. That's it. And uh, if I was going to play, I'd be kicker. Kicker, I kind of want to be part of the team though. Like I'll, no, I'm going to just be a guy like a guy who shags balls during everyone else's drills and then I kick. That's it. I would go tight end cuz I think I can, you know, I have a frame I could put some weight on. Mhm. Uh my hands are pretty good. I catch some balls. Probably wouldn't be playing much, but you know, I'd be on the team. Where would I play? Uh, anywhere? Like, if we just say Pac-12, we should probably just say Pac-12. You got to go Pac-12. The best of the best. The best of the best. Uh, I mean, Stanford would be pretty cool. I could either go like it would probably for either be like Stanford or like Arizona State. Like, where am I going to have the most fun? Or like, where am I going to get like a crazy education? Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's Stanford or ASU. I'm not going to say which one was fun and which one's education, but yeah, I'm just going to say. I should be able to figure that one out. <laughs> but like, just ASU, everything I've heard is just ASU people just like have a freaking blast there. Like, which, how, how do you go wrong with that? Uh, Oregon will be better in 2022. This is Frank in Sacramento. Uh, Oregon fell off in 2021 once Miami got to a two and four record in mid October. That's when Mario Cristobal got distracted knowing he could be getting the hurricane job. With Cristobal dreaming about going home, Oregon then lost to Stanford and was later blown out twice by Utah, and Cristobal was very nonchalant in his interviews after those beatdowns. 
Land Danning will not be distracted this year, and the Ducks will be very tough with a T-U-F-F. Frank in Sacramento. All right. It's a theory. That's certainly a theory, First of all, Frank, Frank uh, you said Land Danning, which uh, I didn't have to change that. That was no. actually written. We've done that now. Uh, yeah. We've made <laughs> that happen. <laughs> so, so hold on. Let me give him some... Uh, just for you, Frank. Just for, for writing in Land Danning. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think the the loss to Stanford was more of a offensive coordinator not being there kind of thing. But agreed. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a long email. Holy cow! This is from Scooter McGavin. All right. Uh, this is. Should we do this in parts? Like like the first paragraph this week, and then the <laughs> second paragraph next week, and I don't know. There's no way out but through. Okay. Pity email. Dear Ryan and Dave, uh, the two of you were quite distraught on last week's episode of our not receiving any emails. Even Hithloday, the man whose sole purpose in life is to spew psychotic takes on message boards, has refused to write you. Ryan seems to be under the delusion that this lack of listener engagement is due to discussing basketball. And if you only return to your regularly scheduled program of uh, programming of lazy football reporting, then the emails will come flooding back. I think we've proven that because we've got a flood yeah, of emails. That's what I'm this saying. Week. Yeah. Let me clear up any confusion you have. Your show sucks. It always has and always will. You are neither entertaining nor informative. The only reason your dozen listeners have stuck around is a combination of Stockholm syndrome and jockey gift cards. I think we're entertaining. I like I that. Would, I would say not informative, but entertaining. Uh, man, who knows? Uh, to save your listeners from more of your inane drivel, I've compiled what I believe to be the most important list ever shared on this show. I give to you the Pac 12 head coaches as lovers. Please note that I have, oh been, I have not been intimate with all these coaches, so some of these are purely speculative. <laughs> Kalen DeBoer, Washington, the middle-aged middle manager from eHarmony. This man has spent the last two decades cultivating a successful career and friend group. Everyone in his life speaks incredibly highly of him, and he brings incredible passion to the bedroom. You evolved the new relationship butterflies and feel incredibly lucky to have landed him. Jake, wow. Jake Dickert, Wazoo. After being forced to dump your previous boyfriend for being a conspiracy theory nut job, you were left to date the only person you could realistically poll, his no-name acquaintance. His dating history is practically non-existent, but so far the sex has been decent, so you're ready to give it a shot. What choice do you really have? <laughs> this is going to be good. Landanning Oregon, the Tinderella. <laughs> after years of worrying it might not happen, or oh, after years of worrying it might happen, your ex finally left you to be with his high school sweetheart. In turn, you downloaded the trendiest dating app and found what appeared to be a catch. He's hot, knows just how to give it to you, and seems to be real boyfriend material. The relationship is still new, but you're thrilled with where it's going. <laughs> Jonathan Smith, Oregon State, the match made in heaven. From the moment you met him in college, you were enamored with him. After years apart, you ran into him at the grocery store, and the rest is history. The two of you have been building a beautiful relationship, and he's open to trying new things. Winky face. The two of you feel right at home together. Nice. Justin Wilcox, Cal, gentleman on the streets, freak in the sheets. He comes off as a nice, sweet boy, but has done filthy, unspeakable things to you. You're still not sure if he's, quote, the one, but he leaves you walking bow-legged, which is all you can really ask for at this point in your life. Whoa. David Shaw of Stanford, the dead bedroom. What was once a beautiful and happy marriage has slowly slipped into mutual indifference. This love is no longer there, but you have a house and three kids, so you're committed to riding this out to the end. I think he nailed it. Kyle Whittingham of Utah. This is the guy your parents always wanted you to marry. He goes to church every Sunday, owns his own home, and has a great career as an accountant. Sure, the sex is vanilla as root beer float, uh, as vanilla as a root beer float, but he still gets rock hard for you three times a week, so can you really complain? Carl Durrell of Colorado. After being dumped by the only decent boyfriend you had in years, you immediately rebounded with your friend's old ex. 
His only redeeming qualities were that he was living nearby and already knows your friend group. The relationship has quickly and obviously deteriorated, and your friend group is wondering if you even give a shit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Jedfish of Arizona, the bad boy. He hasn't held a stable job at any point in his life, still drives an old beater, but damn it if he isn't one of the most charming people you've ever met. He says he's a changed man and throws you around in the bedroom like a helpless ragdoll, so you're cautiously optimistic this will work out. (laughs) Herm Edwards, ASU. You dumped your previous boyfriend for being too mediocre, so you went out and found the most mediocre person you could find, a sweet-talking used car salesman. You were very optimistic it would work out, particularly because of how firm he gave it to you, but the relationship (laughs) has predictably, predictably turned out very mediocre. To top it off, you caught him selling your used panties on Craigslist, but the breakup would be too much of a mess because he's your brother's best friend. Chip Kelly of UCLA, the guy who peaked in high school. He was the starting QB on your state championship team, but flunked out of college and got a job at the local luxury car dealership because the owner is a big supporter of your local schools. He puts zero effort into the relationship and thinks that leasing you a Lexus and drilling you for two minutes once a month is enough to keep you satisfied. <laughs> Lincoln Riley of USC, the Giga Chad. This guy has it all. The body of a Greek god, pulls well over six figures with a huge mansion, unending stamina, and is easily six inches flaccid. His ex-girlfriend had a very public, very hilarious meltdown when he dumped her. You're making all of your friends jealous, and, they're all, and they all not so secretly hate you, but they're sticking around in the hopes they'll get to occasionally ride on his yacht. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy show to read this, and have a wonderful day. Sincerely, Scooter McGavin. Scooter, that was well done. That was incredible. See, that was way better than asking us to say, yeah, here's just, the Pac-12 uh, coaches as lovers. Look, I'm not saying we're the best readers in the world, but we certainly do a lot, that a lot better than coming up with our own thoughts. Right. Uh, very good stuff, Scooter. Uh, we should probably put that in the blog because that, yeah, that was very good. We could put that in there. Dave, that's up to you. Yeah, I'm sure uh-huh, it'll happen. Uh-huh. Uh, this is from Montlake Blake. Question for the media elite. Gents, as I think members of the CBS mega media conglomerate, you seem like two people most suited to answer this question. Correction, you two seem like the most likely to accurately have the time on your hands to field this question. Why do autoplay videos exist on websites? I assume the answer is, quote, because money, but I can't possibly fathom a financial reason for a banner video to autoplay when it's only tangentially related to the topic I sought out with my click. Media elite, explain yourselves. Go dogs. Malik Blake. Would you like me to tell you? Yes. It's, it's all a fraud. It's a fraud from the jump, um, from the people who pitch these uh, ad platforms. It's a fraud that we're perpetuating on people with those autoplay ads. It's all a fraud. It's built on this idea that those are monetized um, at a rate uh, higher than uh, banner ads that don't play videos um, because of um, uh, gamed statistics um, from various media companies saying that video, uh, you know, has X value because it converts at X rate, which is all bullshit. It's all horseshit. It doesn't make any sense. It's never made any sense. Every goddamn media company that has pivoted to video has failed for the very obvious reason that it doesn't make any goddamn sense. People people would prefer to read. This is true. This is fundamentally true. If you're watching something that is people talking, it's a lot easier to read it yourself, and most people would prefer to read. They would prefer to do that. Um... The only situations where you want to watch something are in very specific circumstances. Um, but there's this perpetual belief that um, there's money to be made here. That's why. Uh, we we had a previous CEO of one of the companies we were at that was, I remember specifically him saying, people aren't at their desks. Like there's a lawyer. I think he said the example was like a lawyer at their desk doesn't want to read. They want to look on their phone and watch a video. And it was like, 
the exact opposite. Like he tried to encourage us not to write that we were all, everything right. should have been video because the ad rates on videos are just higher and you're looking for some kind of, but viral they're, they're higher because of, I mean, it's because of fraud. Like it's not, they're not, there's not actually value there. It's made up. Like it's all made up because they're to your point, human behavior, you would rather read something because you get the content quicker. Like when I'm passively sitting on the toilet, looking at my phone, I'm not watching a shitload of videos. I'm reading stuff for a lot of reasons. Do you want a bunch of sound coming out of your phone or your computer when you're ostensibly supposed to be working and or shitting? No, <laughs> no, you don't. You want to be reading the thing because that's something you can do passively and secretively. Think about the behavior of people at work. It's not the lawyer. It's the underlings of that lawyer, the four of them who are assistants who might get yelled at at their job if they're not doing their job. Do you think they want just like video blaring from their fucking computer? No. No, no they don't want that. You read things. That's what you do at work. You read. You're not sitting there watching like, oh, God, I really want to watch this scout now talking about the recruits at this at this event. Scout now. Am I blowing up? Am I blowing up Jim Heckman now? (laughs) Stupid. Uh, Yes. It's a great way to ruin a business is my point. And I think here's what I'll say about 247. I think they do a pretty good job of balancing it all. I think there's a reality to the money that you have to do it. But I think 247 does a much better job than Scout was doing before. And there's also sort of an incentive where if you are a paid subscriber, that's something they can say, we're not going to autoplay videos or whatever. Like there's, yeah. You can take away some of the annoying, more annoying parts of ads. And yeah, and I would say, uh, yeah, I think largely speaking, 247's got a better ad platform than any of these other iterations that we've worked for. Yeah. All right. I think we got one last one. All right. This is from Sean from Ohio. Question. Gents, Sean from Ohio. I racked my brain to come up with a question for you this week. Here goes. With the spending in the sport going ballistic and the SEC and the Big Ten distancing themselves, does it make sense for the conference to continue to schedule out-of-conference games against those two conferences? Would it enhance the chances of a team getting into a playoff if they stayed away from those two and focused on the Big 12 and the ACC to fill spots in the future? Does the possibility of more teams in the playoff make this even more practical? Love the show. Sean from Ohio. I mean, I still like scheduling. All, I mean, just because they're going to make more money doesn't mean you can't schedule games against them, I think. but There's no reason you can't beat Indiana. Yeah. Keep I mean, playing Indiana. Vanderbilt's... There's no know. reason you can't beat Rutgers. But, they, they, I mean, the games you want to see is like Oregon going to Georgia, you know? Probably not going to end well. No, probably not. But um, I, I think the the disparity is like maybe a little bit overblown. Like I think yeah, Georgia and Alabama are playing a different sport. Ohio State's playing a different sport. Everyone else is still playing the same sport. It's just a little bit worse. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we got a lot of good questions this week. So many good questions. Yeah, we loved every minute. We're of it. we're back talking about only the... only things that are not related to basketball. Yeah, gridiron, maybe baseball. Baseball in the diamond. Hmm. Not the gridiron. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Uh, all right. Well, I, that's going to wrap things up. We do appreciate it. Please leave us a five-star rating over on the Apple Podcasting app. We'd love to read it at the top of the show before we get too tired and we don't have no energy to read your stuff at the end. So that's a, one of the benefits. You can send us an email. You leave us a, an Apple review. Boom. We're going to read it right at the top of the show when we're all spread, when we just have energy. We're ready to go uh, and not lethargic and not dreading going to football practice right now 
but that's where we are. So we're going to wrap it up. I am Ryan Abraham. That is David Woods, and we are the podcast of champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. Thank you so much for listening to our little show, and we will talk to you next time.